0: Okay, Stop. you ready?
1: Ready?
0: ready. ready. Yeah. Hey, yo. Stop. On the open road, now was not. There
1: goes On the open road, now was not the time to flop. The buzzer formulated Jimmy. Now's the time to drop. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything around you. The finest flow will amaze. You cannot know what I'm on, then bitch, nigga, get gone. Airbag. Because it's just all. Oh. All oh, just too good.
0: What's good everybody? You're listening to the Where's My 40 Acres podcast. And this is an orgasm review. We told y'all we were gonna hit you with two. Check back next week if you're looking for a regular Where's My 40 Acres episode. Hopefully, we'll be doing that. dj is not joining us for either of these reviews because she is currently at a Dally and Jameson concert. And if he is coming to your city, Jameson, definitely go check that out. Man is a guitarist for sure, and the vocals are crazy. We're gonna talk about another white boy that can sing, and he is also from the UK, like Dally is. His name is James Blake, and this review is Mike's fault. I feel like I tried to listen to James Blake at a time where I was listening to Mayor Hawthorne and Jameson, and that's kind of why I could not edge into it. His his tone and the energy that he creates is very much dreamstady and different. Now I'm not sure if that's what if overgrown sounds like this. I definitely wasn't expecting the sound of this album to be so dense.
2: Oh, this is a less dense James Blake album. Wow. Very accessible James Blake.
0: It it uh I feel like this album is not super accessible.
2: Oh, it's extremely accessible. This is the most commercial James Blake record I've heard so
0: far. keep following that up with James Blake at the end because as far as R&B goes, it's electronic,
2: not R&B, if that tells you anything.
0: I don't even I I get that he that it has an electronic feel to it, but this shit is so slow and full of just instrumentation at Particular points the way he uses keys and violins and just strings in general throughout this album is very orchestral that's the
2: that's his strong suit i think is his arrangements because like he performs all this stuff live and he has these like six synthesizers sitting around him while he's sitting down on stage and he has two other guys with him one playing drums who also has like a synth keyboard and then another guy who's playing guitar and also has some more keyboards and they construct all this shit out of loops and all this stuff. It's really, really impressive to watch.
0: Yes. Yeah, so James Blake is James Blake Litherland, born in 88, so he is 30 years old. He's an English singer, songwriter, musician, and radio producer from London. He first received recognition for a series of 2010 EPs, including CMYK and Clavier A Work? Clavier Work? Clavier Work? Sure. sure. That's it. Looks, it. looks German. And he released his self-titled debut in 2011. His second album, Overgrown, released in 2013. And that was the one that made all of Black Twitter's panties wet. I remember that. Specifically, everybody was a James Blake fan at that point. Came back and he did two more projects afterwards. So he did another project afterwards in 2016. And this is his follow-up to that. And the name of this album is Assume Form. This is the album that he made. you know what the most significant information I had about him was? Up until you were like, we should do a James Blake album? No. that he was dating uh, Jamila from uh, t- 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 the good place. That was yeah. the only significant piece of information I had about him. I was like, that white boy got taste.
2: He's also like six, six and he's extremely nice.
0: That would make sense. That's why Jamila's with him. Cause she's a tall, she's a tall, nice one. Oh. <laughs> she's a tall, nice one. He's a smart kid. He knows what he's doing. Him, him and uh, that Jonah's brother, they got good taste. Yeah. Managed to trap Priyanka Chopra. Just in the nick of time. I wonder if he says that to people. I got her just in the yep. nick of time.
2: And everybody just rolls their eyes.
0: Because <laughs> he's rich. They laugh, though. They roll their <laughs> eyes inside, but they laugh outside because he's rich. That's pretty damn shame. Priyanka loves all his jokes. That's why they're together. This whole album, for me, I had to listen to this shit four times. To get what this man was saying, or what I think this man is saying, or what I think where he is going. And from what I got, he is face deep sprung off Jamila's lady parts. Like he is completely infatuated with this woman in somewhat, in sometimes scary fashion. Because there's one song up here where he's like, where she's, he's like, you moved to New York? I can move to New York too, baby. I got money. Oh, you in LA now? My bad. Let's make a U-turn and go right across back to states. I was like, James, calm down, sir. That's how you lose good women. Clearly, hey, he's in full-ass love.
2: Yeah, James Blake be feeling on them songs. The three line of all of his music is he be feeling.
0: Bruh, he, he is in love with this woman so much that on the opening track, he talks about coming out of his head to assume palate like palpable form just so he can be touched by her exactly this man is in full fucking love he is a disney romance and i'm not mad at him cuz the way he the way he presents it with these songs i i like this album i can't even front like it's like i said it took me four times to
2: get into it once i got what he was trying to do then i started paying attention to all the little small stuff and it started making more sense
0: yeah And his features on this are really good. I kind of, this is one of those albums where he got Andre on it and he's got Travis and he's got Metro. And I wish that he had gotten Frank on a song up here. Cause I feel like production wise and vocal wise, that would have been really good. I think one of the most surprising things is that after you get assumed form, which is a really, really slow start, he jumps right into two tracks produced by Metro Boomin and the next track being one where Travis Scott is rapping on it. And he comes in after him Where the transition from Travis Scott rapping to James Blake singing is damn near flawless. As, as far as a Sonic project, this is one of the reasons I started getting vinyls for albums like this.
2: Absolutely. It's like a treat for your ears. And I mean, that's the power of auto tune too. Like people talk shit about autotune all you want. But that's why Travis is able to get all wavy on this shit. And then James Blake come in. He's not auto-tuning himself, but he definitely has a bunch of vocal effects. But all of that shit just blends in together. And, I mean, the big difference between these two Metro songs and the rest of the album is how rigid the beat is on the Metro ones. Like, that shit keeps time the whole way through and doesn't, like, do weird skipping around and shit. Um, But, I mean, the vibe fits extremely well. James Blake ain't no stranger to hip-hop music at all.
0: You can tell he has a great ear for how to match his sound to blend both of his sound and that sound like he does a great blend of electronics with hip hop because, you know, you can tell that it's not just Metro Metro boom and producing on those tracks where it's really trap sounding because it has an electronic feel. James Blake and the other guy he was working with on this project whose name I need to get Dominic Uh, Baker was producing with him on most of the other tracks.
2: So when James Blake was our opener when we did the Europe tour with Kendrick, they would play Element, just the instrumentals of it, during their show. Like they would play a song and it would do like a medley transition. They didn't ever announce it that this, hey, we're gonna do some Kendrick shit. They'd be playing their song and then the chords would end on the starting chords of Element and they would play that. Mm-hmm. And he would, like, do, like, this kind of vocal thing underneath it and, like, just build a vocal layer on top of it. It was really fucking cool. I found out later that uh, James Blake worked on at least that one song with Kendrick. Um, so I don't know if that was the first time they worked together or not, but it was definitely the first time that I was aware of before, like, King's Dead and shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, and, you know, like, I got to talk to him once um, in, like, the cafeteria or whatever and he is a, like a hip-hop nerd like he's deep into it um which i think is really cool because he doesn't do anything really in that lane but you can tell that he loves the music and he's clearly got the influences i mean Tuan has
0: been real quiet what was your what were your feelings Twan?
1: i'm still trying to let it all sink in i had no ex- this was one of the few times i had no expectations going into a album right just for the fact that only thing I knew a James Blake is hearing him on other people's stuff. Gotcha. You know, and like hearing him on other people's stuff, hearing him on, I, I remember he did, you know, he did a junk with uh, Beyonce. And I was like, this dude got to be good. I mean, he, that nigga got like a minute and a half just by himself on Beyonce album. So that, I mean, he got to have something, but I had like no sonic ear of what was going to happen. And then I was listening to it and I was like, all right, the first assumed form sounded like some James Blake shit, you know, and I, this is what I kinda expected. And then we hit Metro Boom and I'm like, Nope, I don't know what the fuck this back now. And then we hit one song where well, it's in Spanish. I'm like, huh? And then it was a lot. I need to sit with it a little bit more. <laughs> Cause the first you times I listened to this album, I was in my car and that's not the place to do it. I need to have some headphones on. I need to be sitting back, like laying in my laying on my couch. <laughs> just letting the music take me away.
2: I mean, you need like some red wine and just like, you know,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, I know we sit. do this like two weeks in advance or we give ourselves a full week of being able to listen to these projects. This, this was one where I wish I had not started listening to this yesterday because I could have had all of last week to digest this project better. I wasn't ready for this. I'm, I was a river. I was a pond deep going into this, and I needed an Ocean's body. This is...
1: there. We talked about it before, like, sometimes just the way you listen to music can affect so much. Yeah. Where if you're in the wrong setting or in the wrong area, you're not gonna get it. But, like, if you're sitting at home, you got a decent sound system or some real good headphones, like, just lay back, put this junk on, and your ass will go to some sonic soundscapes you didn't think you were gonna go to before you will really appreciate it more (laughs) than if
0: you like doing other stuff. Like I listened to this in the car yesterday going to work and I was like, I can hear a semblance of very good production. I can't understand a word he's fucking saying. And it was bothering me so much. I was like, I think that this is my car speakers. They're one. My, my car is like a, it's 10 years old at this point. So the speakers could do with an upgrade at best. I mean, at minimum. And I'm listening to, it and I'm like, you know what this is? I think this is just like, my tweeters are bad. My highs aren't good in here. And I'm in a box riding down the interstate right now. This just doesn't sound good in this atmosphere. So when I got to work, I threw in my JBirds, which, you know, they have the application now. So you can go and you can pick, the type of equalizer that you think would fit. And I went through about 10 while having assumed formal repeat until I found one that allowed the instrumentation in the background to be very crisp and clear and also allowed his vocals to sit on top of the music. And that, then I listened to it from there and I was like, okay, now let's do this. Nice. Which was fine. But it, it, that this album needed that it really, really needed that for me to get into it.
1: it the Deep listen. It's going to take multiple listens to get into it and give yourself that time because you might listen to the first thing and be like, what the hell am I listening to?
2: Yeah. Unless you're a James Blake fan. Like, if you're used to his sound. Oh, yeah, you're if you're used like, to James, yeah. Digest it, It's not like you just put it on once and you know everything the fuck is going on, but getting adjusted to that sound is definitely a process.
0: Yes, very much. So I can tell you, I, I needed five spins all the way through before I was like, okay, I get it. I like it. Wow. Wow. So the first track is assumed form. And we, we kind of talked about that. The next track is mile high. And you can tell by the title of these songs, the progression of this relationship through the album. And it's not the progression that you would typically hear of a a person you know r&b males when they sing about the progression of their relationships on albums a lot of the time they seem to be talking in the third person me and you or it's, it's in the third person like it's omniscient looking down on past situations or past experiences that they share with the person me and you used to go to the starbucks and order lattes i love lattes shit like that right um which that sounds like a hit actually i'm gonna finish writing that later this album is absolutely one-sided as fuck. We really don't get any of the female perspective on this relationship or bond until you get to barefoot in the park. And that part is sung by a woman in Spanish. So if you don't speak Spanish, then you don't know what the fuck she's saying, but it sounds beautiful. You can tell she's in love too. This is completely from James Blake's side. And he is astounded at how mar- at how much he's fallen in love with this person. And he falls harder and harder the more you progress to the through the album to the point where two of these songs sound like a proposal. Like legit he recorded and sung them on Bended Knee. Right. The second track is Mile High, but the first where you kind of are more feeling what he's going through. It's just laid back and it's chill. Travis rides it very well. You know, Blake harmonizes over it. I had to really get into his voice, but overall the beat does a lot here. He's a true he's a true fucking poet. I had to really think about some of the shit he was saying. I was like, what is he trying to say here? Yeah, man, like hold on, let me
2: pull up the lyrics. But yeah, do be he be ranking, man. His pen game is strong
0: as well. He's a man of few words and says a lot. He's not straightforward. I love you. Also,
2: he did a thing where at the last uh, chorus or whatever That's saying lesson's always there. Less is always more. And in the back and forth, I'm not keeping score. And then it says, you never come up short. You never come up short, never come up short, never come up short, never come. And then it cuts off. And I think that's really fucking cool where the never come up short actually came up short.
0: Mm -hmm. Another theme of the project that I noticed was definitely less is more. As he, as he progresses through the album, he literally is giving up things. Because she feels whatever those things were feeling in him to the point where he's like, I move so much. I don't even need furniture and shit. As long as I'm moving with you. And it's, it's just this deep ass connection that he feels for this woman. I mean, but then he also gets it from her because I think it's on like into the red. He talks about, I couldn't tell if he, at first I couldn't tell if he was talking about himself going bankrupt or him bankrupting her. But her being so giving because she loves him that it wasn't, it isn't like a problem. I'm still trying to figure out that one. Cause it's not something you really hear a lot. You don't really hear men stinging about taking everything from a woman who is extremely giving financially. Typically, right. it's the guy who is breaking the bank to please the woman.
2: That's what he's saying. He's like going into the red, like going broke behind all of this. But he's saying she's going into the red. He's saying they both are because it says I'm going into the red and then uh, she saw every hand in my pocket. Then it's she saw every hand in her pocket.
0: And then he like he he, he, his analogy for her is she's a gold rush. Right. Which I couldn't when I was listening to the car, this was something that was bothering me. I couldn't tell if he was saying she's a cold rush or gold rush. And both of those work in this song. If you're listening to it the first time. I'm sure she's both. Have you seen Jamila? She's both. She's a gold rush and a cold rush. <laughs> the third track is "Tell 'Em," and the guy Moses Sumney. I've never heard of him, but I like what he does on that song. Vocal. I. I don't know. It accentuated what James Blake was already doing electronically with his voice and the vocoder. Into the Red, I I definitely fucked with. I just I just like the way he writes on that song a lot. Even when I didn't understand everything he was trying to say, I still felt like I, I completely understood what he was saying. So, as a as a, as a married man with the same also, person for eleven years, yeah.
2: strings and synthesizers at the same time. That
0: sound is really
2: fucking cool. Uh, also, sidebar: this has nothing to do with the sound of the album. You ever notice that he looks kind of like
0: Jameson on the album cover? He does. Like, he caught me with that. I Because I look at other pictures of him, and he doesn't look like Jameson. And I look at this album cover, and I'm like, but he does here.
1: Because yeah. it's kind of like he's pulling his hair back. <laughs> so, it means like he has short hair. Cause he, to me, he doesn't look like himself on the cover. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't realize it was James Blake,
0: because I always see him with the hair. That's the only yeah. time I've seen him like that, is like his hair in front of his face. Um, Let's see. So, we're at, what, Barefoot in the Park with Rosalia? Yes, yes, yes. I don't know who Rosalia is. I don't know either. Reminded
2: me of Jesse Reyes for a second.
0: Yeah, well, that did. So I I instantly thought of when we did the review for Jesse Reyes. And I think it was you that made the comment that, can we just point out that singing in Spanish is like, like it was something you'd like significantly better than singing in English. Romantic
2: in Spanish is way more romantic than it is in English. Yeah.
0: Invariable. And that that really shows here when when he and her are kind of duet in the chorus. That whole barefoot in the park part of the song and it's beautiful. And then they actually sang Spanish together on the second verse. Yeah. I yeah, I really I really dig this. The I love the I love the way the beat kind of changes up for the chorus as a way. It fully drowns itself during the hooks and that's the part I like the most. So that that really caught my attention. Um what, What's up? No, nah, I'm. I was just
2: trying to translate this in my head. That's all. I was thinking out loud.
0: Let's see. The next track is "Can't Believe the Way We Flow," and I think this and the Andre ones. The first time I was listening to the car with the two that caught my attention the most. Can't believe the way we flow is my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I could see that. I could see why.
2: Yeah, that. J- hooked me immediately
0: this is very one of those like when you when you see commercials on mtv and you're wondering what song is that playing at the end of the commercial that's where james blake this that's where the song fits these are the songs that keep people going back to watch mtv for no damn reason early in the morning before they go to work and shit when they're actually playing music
2: this is like quintessential james blake if you were like what's this guy's deal and you play a song like this that's his sound
1: I was going to ask you, does he he sample like that a lot? Yes, definitely.
0: I can't believe how astounded he is by his, their, I can't even say his infatuation, their infatuation with each other at this point. That's the whole song. I can't believe we flow this good. Can you believe we flow this good? You ever been with somebody and flow this good? This is crazy. Right. Damn, this shit, wild, girl. I really
2: love the shit out of you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: unreal i could do a whole stand-up special on how crazy it is that we flow together the next track is are you in love which is he asking himself or is he asking her uh he's definitely asking her he's like are you
2: i'm definitely in love with you at least do your impression of being in love to make me happy if you're not in love with me
0: first i couldn't believe the way we flow now i gotta i gotta double check this love shit because this is if this is love boy if i lose this i'm done I don't know what I'm gonna do after this.
2: But he says like, I promise you, your place is safe. Now what about mine? He's like, you're for sure locked in. I love you,
0: but... Oh yeah, this is him being super fucking vulnerable. He is is definitely, don't man, oh my god, you got me by the fucking heart. Please, I need to know. I need to know if you plan on breaking my shit. I'm too in love for that right now. I'm too in love for that shit. And then he follows that song up. So he's still skeptical. He follows that song up with where's the catch, which on my radio player, it said, where's the cat? So I was like, I hope that, I hope this word is finishing with some more letters. Trying to get that cootie cat. (laughs) It legit said, where's the cat? So I'm riding down the road going, "Uh, he's saying, where's the catch on the track though. And I thought it was cool because Andre's verse is that it's, it's this, this cannot be real. There has to be something else going on here. I'm missing something here because love can't be this. The way the love fell for this shit, it can't be this easy. So what's the fucking catch? Like, do you fart in your sleep? So perfect, so
2: perfect. So why do I look for curtains? Uncertain, but
0: certainly false alarms alerting. So And I think Andre was a great fit for this fucking track. I'm glad he's picky about who he will and will not do features for. Same. I know other people get mad because they're like, Andre 2000 hasn't done an album in forever. Right. But he gives us undoubtedly great features every time we get one. Even if you don't like the person whose song it was originally, you will like Andre's verse on that song.
1: Like DJ Hunk. Yes. Yeah. He only, he said he only does it when he gets inspired. Like, he was inspired by this shit. I could see it's better
2: him. doing that than just putting out some whack shit just to put it out.
1: Yeah. He said he's definitely, he said he don't want to be one of them old, rappers that does that. That was always one of his things.
0: He makes the right decision. This this is a good way for him to open up the year with a feature. I'm not sure if he's featured on anybody else's stuff this year, but this was definitely strong. See the next track is I'll come to and again this is I think this is the one where he's kind of following her around. Oh you're going to New York? I'm going there. Why don't I come with you? Oh you've changed to LA I'm going there. I can go there too. I was like, calm down, Blake. You're going to lose a dog. And this is based in uh, actual reality. Like, Jamila moved from London to L.A. So he was legit following her around the world.
2: Also, doesn't this sound like some
0: trippy-ass Mary Poppins Disney music? A lot of this. There, a couple of songs on here sound like that.
2: This song definitely feels like it could be in a Disney movie. like Or like Fred Astaire dancing in the rain. But like they, you know, with a twist or whatever. Mm-hmm very whimsical even when he's singing about like super heavy shit
0: the i do i do i do part is perfect disney shit that definitely
2: adds to it yeah for sure let's
0: see um another one another really good track and i always love a good whimsical song the next track is power on which (sighs) my man's not giving up on this at all at this point it just I, I want to say if I want to say it's outcome to you. I can't remember if it was outcome to you or where's the catch. Maybe it was, are you in love that sounded like a proposal track, but then I felt like it was either power on or don't miss it. That also sounded like a proposal track. I think it's power on that has this, this bend the knee feel to it. And this is kind of like him reminiscing on how he felt before the love. So that's why he opens it up with, you know, I thought I might be better dead, but I was wrong. I thought everything could fade, but I was wrong. I thought I'd never find my place, but I was wrong. Then he says, I thought sex was at my pace, but I was wrong. And I was like, okay. So you you haven't given have
2: some
1: control that shit. That's
2: I that and I was like, huh, interesting. Yes. I wonder yeah. what the story behind that one is. Yes,
0: uh, I hope it's deep. <laughs> that's <laughs> the best way I can put it. She hit him. She probably hit him with a slowdown and a tap on the shoulder. Got that nigga up. He was like, "My bad, girl. I thought this was that was going at my pace." But yeah, I like power one. I like the beat. I like everything about this album, pretty much up to this point. I'm just being repetitive by saying that I like this song or I like that song.
2: Once we get through talking about these tracks, I want to uh, read something I just read
0: about the the reception of this album. Also, this song is electronic as fuck. Are you talking about where he got into the issue with people? Uh, I don't know. Where he clapped back at somebody? I wasn't gonna talk about the clapback.
2: We can talk about the clapback, but I was just gonna talk strictly numbers.
0: All right, I'll leave that. I'll I'll leave that for you to handle. That the numbers in the clapback because he definitely did some clapbacking. Don't come for him, but his thoughts on his woman because he'll clap back. Absolutely. So Don't Miss It is track 11. And again, we got to point This is only 12 tracks. So number 11 is it's 12 tracks and two minutes shorter than the JID project. So it's 48 minutes. Track 11 is Don't Miss It. I guess this was a single. It was the first single. Okay. Um, I like how I liked it. I just like the whole melody part on this, how it's kind of dark and ominous. And then the piano comes in and gives it a bit of life, which makes you listen to his words more. And it, it definitely sounds like a close out to an album.
2: But I thought it was an album closer until I heard the album closer. And I was like, oh, okay, this is
0: definitely an album closer. Yeah, it, it's at this point he I I could not I started to get confused if they were still in a relationship when I heard this song, because it has this cynical tone to it, where it sounds like he is giving up everything, and I couldn't tell if he's not, not, he's saying he could give up everything. And it's a lot. And I wasn't sure if it was like, if they weren't together anymore when I heard it. Let's just put it like that. I I couldn't tell up until this point, I could see how strong the relationship was. And when I heard this song, and then when I hear the insomniac one, I, I lullaby for insomniac or whatever. I could not tell if they were still together. And I was like, that would be an awful fucking twist if the last two songs on this album was him not being with this girl anymore. Because <laughs> that's fucking heartbreaking.
1: Oh, tug on the heartstrings.
0: Yeah. So, but they're still together. So I, just, I had to look that up for re- in real life.
2: I think what he's saying he doesn't miss is basically wallowing in sorrow and the cycle of like beating himself up that he is so accustomed to. Because it sounds like he's like, being lamenting of the relationship but he's like my security blanket was being like oh damn my feelings i'm so sad uh i'm hurt i'm james blake sensitive singer who has lots of all of the feelings all the time um but he's like actually when you're and then he says like when you're uh what's the word when you can't believe your luck when you when you can't believe your luck when you're with your friend when you get to hang out with your favorite person every day when the dull pain goes away you don't miss it the missing the it being that coping mechanism that he's used to having to survive on so for so long so i think in a weird way it's him being happy while sounding sad
0: mm-hmm. and what i had got from what i also kind of got from this which you know made me gave me a bit of comfort Was that he was basically talking. So, uh, you know, uh, up at this point, he, he had been talking outside of his head on his tracks and about his feelings and emotions and everything else. Painting this imagery for us, this walk in a park on a beautiful day, picnic, fun, laughter in first person imagery. But at this point, I feel like he's actually talking to the listener. And he's telling he's giving them advice.
2: Oh, yeah, true.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was getting. Though. That gave me a bit of comfort, because I was like, "Oh my God, did they break up?" Oh wait, or is he saying, "Don't do what I did," because because I almost missed this opportunity, thinking that I wouldn't get an opportunity like this, being blinded by so many other things that take up your attention. I could have missed this love that I have now. It's it would have been so easy, right?
2: So I could um, do. I could not. Do all these things that I don't want to do But then me not doing these things Means that I would miss out on this relationship
0: mm-hmm. Even to the point of not having the feelings That I had at one point Don't let that shit consume you though Right So um, Let's see Track no, The last track is Lullaby from My Insomniac And th- This is definitely the album Closer It is definitely darker than the rest of the album Sounds I'm still not sure if this is supposed to be a happy song or not.
2: It definitely is a song. James Blake is very ambiguous in his songwriting. Um, Or at least he can be, uh, which I appreciate. But yeah, I don't know either. Because that's the thing. The music will make you think one thing, but then you have to pay attention to see if the lyrics are actually talking about what the music sounds like. And there's only like a few words in the song. The whole lyrics are sleep happens to you. It's not a failure if you can't. In any case, you will at some point fall. You'll let go and you'll forget where you are. If you can't, I'll stay up. I'll stay up too. I'd rather see everything as a blind tomorrow if you do. And that's the whole set of
0: lyrics. It looks like on Genius, he claims that he actually wrote it to help someone with insomniac go to sleep. Huh.
2: Get that good old snooze fest music. Straightforward.
0: Yeah. He's like, it's all right, girl. I'll send you to sleep. And I'll do it in six bars. And now it's an album closer. So yeah, I mean, overall, man, Assume form is probably gonna be one of my favorite projects from this year. I definitely recommend that people go and listen to it. Mike. This was a good one. I didn't expect to like this shit yeah, as but, much as I did. Makes
2: me happy. I don't
0: I don't know if I'm ready to go back and try to listen to Overgrown again, though.
2: You gotta be the world's biggest James Blake fan. I just well, I just really wanted everybody to have a listen to this record.
0: Okay, so give us this information about uh how well this project did, the reception.
2: Okay, so critical acclaim almost universally on Metacritic, seven point four out of ten, eighty-two out of a hundred, three and a half stars, a minus four stars, a four stars, five stars, five stars, four and a half stars, five stars. Pitchfork magazine, five point eight
1: out of ten. <laughs> Oh, that's so Pitchfork.
2: Yeah, the fucking evil hipsters Pitchfork decided to come through with their hot take of the century and hate on an album that everybody else enjoys because that's how they get, I guess. So, Philip Sherburn of Pitchfork criticized the album's, quote, suffocating seriousness for bogging down genuine moments of levity and love. However... James Blake stated in a response that he thinks, quote, they might still be a bit upset that I called them out for their toxic masculinity. And furthermore, he said, because his album was, quote, unquote, sad boy music. And Mm -hmm. then James Blake said, on this record, I'm just talking about how I feel now. Now, I'll continue to write about how I feel or sometimes I won't talk about how I feel. But I'll fucking damn well choose when I do and when I don't without feeling like because I'm a man, I shouldn't do that.
0: And look who he has because he was able to emote like a man. Exactly. Jamila, the cold rush. I mean, the gold rush. Okay. So Pitchfork could learn something. Then and again, this is the same site that shat on Childish Gambino's first project. And then all of a sudden when he was popular, now they want to be all on his dick, but yet still will not give him a higher album rating than they give to like Kevin Gates.
2: It's the same site that gave a random Gucci Mane mixtape a 8.3 and gave The Minstrel Show by Little Brother a 5.7.
0: Bruh. Like, why is anybody still listening to Pitchfork's reviews? Really don't think people are. Like, it's funny, because when you respond to a Pitchfork review, who is reading and talking about Pitchfork reviews? I don't see their name mentioned on Twitter when albums drop. I never see anybody go, man, did you guys see what Pitchfork said about this? I don't see I don't see their articles being retweeted on Facebook. I mean not retweeted, but shared on Facebook. You know, I don't follow them on Instagram. Maybe their comment section on Instagram is through the roof or something, but who still runs to Pitchfork's site? Is it is it that many people that we should really care what Pitchfork's opinion is at this point?
2: Hopefully not, because they've always been garbage. Or at least they've been garbage since I've been aware of them.
0: Yeah. That's just that that was my real like the fact that James Blake is even that's somebody I feel like who not James Blake Pitchfork. That's that's an outlet that I feel like has been in its position so long that it feels like its position is that of power. When in reality, they are a music site whose only power comes from the artists that they write talk about and interview. So when you start to try to match those or challenge those artists. And now you can't get interviews with them or they won't fuck with you. And your only way to write about them is to shit on their project. What kind of outlet are you really at that point when it comes to being a music journalist? Well, cause they
2: were gatekeepers apparently, or at least that's the impression i on it. They were gatekeepers for like indie rock for a while. But as the people who are coming up in the genre, Grow like into established artists, and then the newer artists may or may not give a good goddamn what pitchfork has to say and then once you branch out of their original like focus and move into things like hip hop, which they clearly know nothing about, then that the reason for people to even give a crap what they're talking about becomes even less and less so you know, like if somebody like Vince Staples or whatever is just like, yeah I don't care about pitchfork at all I don't want to engage with them in any way, then their go. power starts the road. Cause the younger and younger, the artists are that don't care about you. The more your influence is going to wane. Cause those, that those are the people that people are checking for now. Yep. Pretty you know much. What I'm saying? So, somebody who's might have been like, Oh man, I really hope pitchfork likes my shit. But somebody who's 20 is like, I'm going to put this shit out there and I don't care. I don't even know who
0: you are. They may not even heard of pitchfork. Right. Start getting your press pass denied. not but right, we're pitchfork, exactly. and right, exactly. So okay, if you pitchfork, pick spoon. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I'm not getting in here because y'all attitude is trash, and y'all don't seem to respect artists who are dope ass artists. Also, why are you calling this album Sad Boy Music? He sounds extremely happy for eighty percent of this project. <laughs> extremely happy. I would, I, I dare say he wrote a lot of this while in the vagina.
2: Or at least fresh out.
0: So I don't know what this guy was listening to when he, he must be in a sad position. His, he was like, no way a man is ever this happy with a woman. And then he wrote that pitch for review. Something else is going on here, but too bad for Sherburn. He can threaten about art R&B artists from London dog. Like they writing you off. Like you ain't shit. Right. That means you've gone too far in pushing your fucking clickbait envelope. So, it is what it is. Overall, this is absolutely an album that I feel like everybody who listens to us on this podcast would enjoy. Even though I know that is an ill statement. Because <laughs> this is going to be a lot of niggas who be like, he doesn't sound like Bryson Tiller. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> niggas. It's not J. Cole singing about folding clothes, though. Uh-huh niggas yeah man
2: go listen to the shit if you like it go back to uh overgrown and then if you like that go back to the or go back to the color in anything which is the album right before this and then go back to overgrown and listen to retrograde and then watch a live performance of it with the light show and that shit will take you to a fucking whole nother realm and if you do drugs, do drugs while you listen to it, because I'm sure that'll probably help a lot, as well. And then go back and listen to his first album, and uh, just get all the Blakiness.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, James Blake assumed form. Make sure y'all go check this out. I actually need to run and see if he's got vinyls up for this one, because this is a, this is gonna be a necessary purchase. Oh, buddy. Yeah. This is gonna get added to the collection. Too new to crate dig for, so I'm gonna have to buy it right. fresh off the press. It's cool. I'm sure they charge more if you buy it from any location near Pitchfork Building. Thank God, I'm <laughs> yeah. not here one. James Blake assumed form. This has been Where's My 40 Acres reviews. Appreciate everybody. Thank you for all the people who signed up for premium in the last couple of weeks. I hope y'all have working accounts. If you don't, let me know. But from what I can tell, y'all been downloading shit. A lot of Hoodable episodes getting downloaded. I got to record new ones this weekend, which means I'm going to be reading some hood books, some nigglature this weekend. That'll be fun. And I might have to listen to some Jane Blake after reading it so I can get my soul back. <laughs> yeah. But until then, we'll highlight y'all next time. Where's my40acres.com? Appreciate y'all. Peace.